This is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I'm your host, Davey Crockett. Thanks. Thanks for coming. This is episode 145. In this episode, I will tell the story of America's first 100K established at Lake Waramog in Connecticut in 1974. You can also find the Lake Waramog story in my new book released this week, Classic Ultramarathon Beginnings, with the greatest details of the origins of races such as the Barkley Marathons, London to Brighton, Comrades Marathon, the JFK 50, Spartathlon, and others. Get it on Amazon, Classic Ultramarathon Beginnings. It is the seventh book in the Ultra Running History series. Wow. The first certified 100K race in America was held at Lake Waramog, Connecticut in 1974. Today it remains as the oldest 100K race in the country and the second oldest American ultra still held. For many years in the late 1970s and throughout the 1980s, it was the unofficial national championship for the 100K distance and the best ultra runners in the US made their pilgrimage to Lake Waramog to test their abilities on the 7.59 mile paved road loop around the lake. Before 1974, the 50 mile or 100 mile distances had been America's standard ultra distances. But most of the ultras held during the 1970s were of odd lengths. There were a few road 50Ks, such as those put on in Sacramento, but in the New York City area, the hotspot for ultra marathons put on by Ted Corbett had a large variety of ultra distances during the 1960s and early 1970s. No one had yet thought to put on a race that was exactly 100K. We must give credit to Mexico and the Tarahumara for the earliest known running race that was strictly 100 kilometers long. With the Central American Games coming to Mexico in 1926, Jesus Antonio Almeida, the governor of the state of Chihuahua, and the president of Mexico, Platarco Calles, wanted to showcase the newly discovered Tarahumara distance running talent on the world stage. They arranged for an exhibition 100K race to be held. It was called the Great Tarahumara Race and was held five days after the games. It was hoped that with the attention of this race that the 100K would be adopted by the upcoming Olympic Games. With Mexican victories, they hoped that they would drive away racial stereotypes about the Mexican people. The 100 kilometers race was held on a highway from the silver mining center Pachuca to the stadium in Mexico City. Tarahumaran's Tomas Zafiro ran along with Leoncio San Miguel. The race began in the dark at 3.05 a.m. The people in the villages along the highway to Mexico City lined the road to cheer them on to the city. They shot up firecrackers, cheered, and some joined in to run with them for short distances. Church bells tolled, bringing out more spectators. Zafiro and San Miguel entered the stadium packed with thousands of spectators at about 12.35 p.m. and ran three laps around the track finishing tied for the win of 9.37. College athletes at the games were astonished. 
Zafiro and San Miguel became national heroes. 100-kilometer races began to be held in Europe as early as 1959 with the Lofbiel 100K that was competed on a long road loop in Biel, Switzerland. Most of these European 100K events started as hikes but opened up to runners. In 1974, nearly 2,500 runners and walkers finished this popular European race. At least 14 100K races were held that year in Europe. The fastest recorded 100K times were usually split times accomplished by runners trying to achieve longer distances, such as 100 miles. In 1974, before America had a 100K race, the world record was 6 hours 42 minutes. America, of course, was not on the metric system, although there was increased discussion in the 1970s to start using it. As far as ultras go, historian Andy Milroy explained, The idea of tackling 100 miles was more intimidating back then. People came from a background in road racing, and that tended to mean athletes of the day took a sterner approach to ultras than now is the case. It was unheard of for a runner to contemplate planning walking during a race. Thus, 100 kilometers was a good compromise in the quest upward. The 100K looked like the wave of the future as far as the favored ultra distances went. Lake Waramog in western Connecticut is a 680-acre lake that was named after Chief Waramog, who wintered in the area during the early 1700s. Over the decades, it remained a secluded spot with slow development because it was relatively out of the way and far from larger towns and cities. Cottages were built around it as summer residences. The lake was described in 1860 as a quiet place that only had one road coming to the west side of the lake. The roads around the lake were first created and improved during the 1860s. A small hotel was operated there. Lake Waramog is a beautiful sheet of deep, clear water. Its length is nearly five miles, and in form, it is like the letter S. The beauty of situation is unparalleled. On every side, high mountains meet the vision. Many of those who entertain summer boarders are wealthy farmers. On August 1st, 1879, John R. Wood, an amateur athlete from New York, became the first known person to run around Lake Waramog, which at that time was thought to be about 10 to 12 miles. He finished in one hour and 41 minutes. Steamboats operated for decades, giving rides day and night along the lake, starting in 1874. Fishing on the lake was one of the main attractions for visiting. The lake was stocked with bass, trout, and even salmon. The small village of New Preston sat a half mile from the south end of the lake. It contained 200 residents, a store, a blacksmith shop, a gristmill, a school, and a church. Ice skating on the lake was an attraction during the winter. However, tragedy would strike. In 1880, a group of students from a nearby seminary were skating 200 yards from the shore. A student broke through the ice and the adults made a successful effort to rescue him eventually but one rescuer, Moses W. Smith, also broke through the ice. Every effort was made to rescue him, 
Oars were flung to Smith, but he was so excited or frightened that he had not the presence of mind enough to grasp, but kept thrashing the water till exhausted and then sank and drowned. Ice companies would come to the lake during the winter to cut out ice blocks that were shipped as far as 40 miles away to be used for refrigeration. Twenty men would work for three days harvesting 1,100 tons of ice. When the lake froze very solid, in 1896, a horse race was conducted on the ice with five tracks across the lake. Sleigh rides were also popular when the ice was free of snow. It was interesting to see a horse and carriage going down the middle of the lake along a path plainly visible. Large crowds would come from surrounding towns each winter when the races were held. In the summer, sailing races could be seen on the lake. In November each year, the resort community shut down almost entirely. Lake Warmog now has a deserted appearance on the account of the closed cottages and hotels around its border. The dreary season will come especially when any locality is used as a summer resort almost entirely. Tragedy and deaths occurred often at the lake. In 1901, two waitresses from New York City working at the hotel went missing. Their shoes and towels were found on the lake shore, and they both went into the water and somehow drowned. Their bodies were found in 18 feet of water, 5 feet from each other. That same week, during a picnic party of young people, Sheldon Edwards, aged 23, was seized with cramps while in the water and drowned before help could reach him. Drownings in the lake occurred nearly every year, most often when boats were overturned and people without life preservers couldn't swim to safety. Automobiles arrived during the early 1900s. In 1904, a chase took place around the lake as a constable chased Solomon Mead and his brother, who sped around the lake a distance of eight miles, in 18 minutes, and the second time in 21 minutes. A warrant for the arrest of Mead was issued for going 25 miles per hour. The constable's pockets were bulging with revolvers and handcuffs, but he found the young men passive and ready to appear in court. Mr. Mead is the first one to be arrested for speeding an auto. In 1908, New Preston was filled with autos that were making their way to and from Lake Waramog. Serious fatal accidents occurred lakeside as horses were frightened by autos on the shared road around the lake. Pleasure rides and a slower speed around the lake became popular in the coming decades. A trip around Lake Waramog is over dirt road, but on a dry day it's well worth making the run around the lake in order to view the camps of the summer residents. In 1920, 95 acres on Lake Warmog was purchased for a state park, including a half-mile of frontage on the lake. Soon, large annual gatherings and picnics were held at the park. Into the 1960s and 1970s, activities increased at the lake. Competitions involved water skiing, boat regattas, and fishing derbies, including ice fishing. In 1972, Lake Warmog was a site for the Olympic trials for rowing. Miss every lake, miss every hill, even in dreams I think of them still. And when you see them, you agree. Connecticut is the place for me. 
Jack Bristol was an electromechanical technician from Marbledale, Connecticut. In high school, he ran for the Bethel High cross-country team, where his team won the state championship in 1967. In those days, training was typically no further than three miles, but Jack and his high school classmate, Dean Perry, would go off on weekends and run 20 miles. Perry said, We had a little joke between us that we were on the cutting edge of reality. In the 1970s, Bristol founded the Bethel Bananas Running Club. The logo on the club running shirts read, Boogie Till You Puke. About Bristol, it was said, Jack ran anything. It didn't matter the distance, the type of terrain, or how many people were in the race. He always gave it his all. One mile? One hundred miles? What's a few miles among friends? Bristol started running ultras in 1971, competing in the National 50-Mile Championship in Rockland, California. He placed ninth with 6.39. He ran again in 1972, placing fifth with 6.27. Dean Perry had stopped running when he was in college, but as the running boom started up, Bristol called him up and asked if he wanted to run again. Perry responded, and they started running again further and further. They ran a 7.66-mile loop around Lake Waramog, where Perry's fiancée lived. The paved road around the lake was mostly flat, with a few gentle slopes, and had very little traffic, perfect for fast running. They started considering organizing a race there, and contacted the owners of the inn on Lake Waramog, Richard and Barbara Combs. They loved the idea of hosting a race at their inn, which they had owned and operated since 1951. It was located on the upper end of the lake and was one of 12 inns on the lake. It had been constructed by 1815 and had operated as an inn since 1860. Set high on a hillside surrounded by magnificent sugar maples overlooking the second largest lake in Connecticut, its location sets it off as one of the finer and most beautiful dining locales in New England. Richard Combs put on many activities at the inn, including horse carriage rallies, clam bakes, frog jumping contests, antique car rallies, and turkey Olympics. Now he was going to sponsor a foot race. In May 1974, an announcement was made. The first 100-kilometer race ever run in the United States will be held Saturday, May 11th at Lake Waramog. The race is sanctioned by the AAU and sponsored by the Bethel Bananas Track Club and the Inn on Lake Waramog. Perry took on the role of the race director. The course for the Lake Waramog Ultra was held on the 7.66-mile paved loop circling the lake. It featured both a 50-mile race and a 100K race. Once you reached 50 miles, you had the option of continuing to finish 100 kilometers. If you did that, you would get credit for finishing both ultras. Twelve strong runners towed the starting line of this historic race. It was 52 degrees at the start and reached 70 degrees during the race. Bristol led the race at the marathon mark with a blistering time of 2.58. Park Barner of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, was about six minutes behind. Eight runners made it to the 50-mile mark. First was Barner in 5.55, second was Bristol in 6.06, 
And third was legendary Ted Corbett, age 55 and 611. The 50-miler required 6.5 loops and finished across the lake. Only those three continued to complete the 8-loop 100 kilometers. Finish order was the same. Barner with 737, Bristol with 747, and Corbett in 752. Barner set the first modern American 100K record about 50 minutes off the world record at the time. Corbett said, It was a great race. The course is beautiful, the traffic minimal. It is a moderately hard course, and I hope we can have the race every year. He admitted that he was only in, quote, fair condition and hoped to train harder for future races. Perry hoped, with the success of the race, that more ultramarathons would be established in Connecticut. About the experience of running 100 kilometers, he said, You can't beat the exercise. Historian Andy Milroy wrote, This race marked the end of a proud era. People didn't realize it at the time, but Warmog in 1974 represented the true passing of the torch from one generation to the next. For Ted Corbett, the most recognizable figure in American ultramarathoning since the 1950s, it was his last hurrah. Shortly thereafter, he was beset by nagging injuries. After two decades of elite performances, he was never again a competitive threat in these events, and soon had to give them up altogether. He continued to run in ultras until 2003, but never again finished in the top three. For Barner, it was the third year of his dominating Hall of Fame ultra career. Just six months later, he won the second American 100K held at the CNO Canal starting in Washington, D.C. on the flat dirt surface. Milroy compared Barner to Corbett and wrote, A lengthy, unassuming, aw shucks type of guy became a friend and student of Corbett's. The two men were similar in character, being noted for their quiet and modest personalities. They were not without their quirks. Barner, for instance, would typically shun the fuss of holding center stage at races, yet often ran them in unmatched, garishly fluorescent colored socks, one orange, one green. Physically, Barner lacked Corbett's speed and was much more of a pacer than a racer in his approach to competition. Reminiscing back on Lake Waramog in 1974, Barner said, We always enjoyed going up there and staying at the inn. I ran 135 miles the week before Waramog, 31 one day, 31 another day, and a couple of 20s. I just liked to run, and I didn't get tired. Nobody ever heard of running like that back then. Barner won Lake Waramog 100K again in 1975 and 1976 in 723 and 715, lowering his American record each time. In 1977, the race doubled in size with 35 starters. In the field were the four fastest American 100K runners, Barner, Bristol, Nick Marshall of Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, and Don Choi of San Francisco, California. Choi blasted into the lead with a 6.5-minute gap on the rest of the front runners at mile 20 and cleared the marathon mark in 2.53. Marshall recalled, 
As Troy deteriorated, Marshall accelerated past him about 35 miles and went on to reach 50 miles in 542. Then he faded somewhat himself over the closing 12 miles. Marshall, in his third year of running ultras, halted Barner's win streak to three years by pulling off the 100k win in 1717. The 1978 Lake Warmark race was referred to as, quote, the top ultra contest in the Northeast. 56 runners started. Several elite runners pressed hard, clocking sub three-hour marathons. Frank Bozanich tightened up but hung on to the 50-mile mark with a 5.14, which was less than two minutes off the American record. Roger Welch of Marshfield, Massachusetts, was the surprise winner of the 100K in 7.25. The first two women ran at Lake Warmog in 1978, finishing the 50-miler. There were Connie Acton from Connecticut and Sherry Horner of Pennsylvania with 8.05 and 8.41. Horner went on to beat the American 100K record with a time of 10.55. Howard Breenan, age 9, from Hebron, Connecticut, finished the 50-miler with his father in 8.58, making him the youngest finisher of an ultramarathon in 1978. Breenan would continue to finish ultras into 2021. Sue Ellen Trapp was from Lehigh Acres, Florida. In 1971, at the age of 25, she was a new mom, was finishing dental school, and decided to take up running along with her husband, Ron Trapp, to get into shape for tennis, which she was highly competitive in. Her first race was Bay to Breakers 12K. She said, quote, I thought I'd just give it a try. It was awful. But she continued and traveled with her husband to run various short races. She ran her first marathon in 1975 in 404 and then gained speed quickly. She won her first marathon later that year with 319 and continued to win and lowered her time to 304. In December 1978, for her first ultra, Trapp won the Space Coast 50K in Melbourne, Florida. On January 27, 1979, she finished second at the National 100K Championship held at Miami, Florida. It was her first attempt to run 100 kilometers, and she finished in 9.12. Trapp set her sights to run at Lake Waramog in 1979. She was training 120 miles per week, which left little time for anything else. She said after an 11-mile run, My legs feel like jelly. It's incredible how time-consuming this becomes. It seems like all I'm doing is working and running. After Lake Warmog, I can become a human being again. In 1979, Lake Warmog 50 and 100K, in its sixth year, grew to be a big-time ultra with 120 starters. It attracted the greatest ultra runners in the eastern United States. For many that year, including Ray Krolowitz of South Carolina, it was their first ultra attempted. At least six women started, including Trapp. The race started at a fantastic pace, with Jack Bristol, Alan Keurig, and Marty Kittle running sub-six-minute mile pace. Kittle and Keurig cruised through the marathon mark in 2.33 and continued an intense duel, laughing as they each aggressively pushed the pace to try to lose the other. 
Kittle finally cracked, and Carrick broke the American 50-mile record by 12 minutes in five hours flat, and then stopped. Trapp, age 33, hit the marathon mark in 3.30, and the 50-mile mark in 6.55. She was one of the few that continued on to achieve 100 kilometers. She broke the American record by 27 minutes with 8.43, the second best in the world at that time. Roger Welts won overall for the second straight year in 7.17. Entering the 1980s, Lake Waramog was the premier 100K in America. Both the 50-miler and the 100K were highly competitive, and Lake Waramog was a site of many legendary performances and records for the years to come. Ray Krolowitz became a fixture of the race, finishing the 100K 27 times with 11 wins. Barner finished the nine first Lake Warmog 50Ks. Richard Combs, the owner of the inn, died in 1984 at the age of 62 after operating the inn at Lake Warmog for 33 years. The new owner had no interest in continuing to host the race, so it was moved to start and finish at the state park. In 1991, the ultra-running community was shocked to learn of Jack Bristol's premature death at the age of 42. He had not been racing ultras for the past seven years. The Lake Waramog race continued and was renamed to Jack Bristol Lake Waramog Ultra Races. In 2023, it ran for the 46th year, the second oldest American ultra. I circled the globe, dozens of times, seen all its wonders, known all its clowns. I searched it with a fine-tooth comb, and found that I only have one home, sweet home. Connecticut always will be my home, sweet home. With that, this is Davy Crockett. And this is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I hope you run fast and far, enjoy life, get outdoors, and most of all, stay safe and don't take unnecessary chances.